Have you ever had a job that you would love doing even if you didn't get paid for it? I started working summer jobs when I turned 15. Since I lived in a small town that drew in lots of summer tourists, there were a plethora of job opportunities. One job in particular that I had, though, was by far my favorite. I'll tell you what it was coming up next. Helping you grow deeper on your spiritual journey. Welcome to The Inner Life with Patrick Conley. Welcome to The Inner Life. Every weekday at 11 Central, we're here to offer spiritual direction, helping you grow closer to the Lord today. I'm your host, Patrick Conley. My favorite summer job as a teenager was that of pizza delivery man. I had gone to work for a pizza restaurant, and they needed me to float between positions that needed filling. So sometimes I was the host responsible for seating people in the restaurant. Sometimes I was a cook, and my favorite days, though, were when I was scheduled for delivery. Now, the restaurant, first of all, get this, had its own cars, so I didn't have to worry about my car starting to smell like pizza. And these delivery cars they had were painted all over with logos and emblems. It was just impossible to mistake them for any other anything else other than the pizza guy. Plus, I got to drive around in the summertime craziness and just take in the generally festive spirit of people on vacation. And usually, people were pretty happy to be receiving pizza, so my customers were often in a good mood. But there was something else about the job, something I find difficult to describe. I just got a sense of fulfillment out of serving people in this way. I enjoyed it so much. I was surprised that I was actually being paid to do it. Now, I was happy, of course, to be getting paid, but there was reward for the job, for the service that went far beyond the paycheck. Well, it's been over 30 years since I was delivering pizza, and things being what they are, I'm not planning on going back to delivering pizzas anytime soon, but there are other ways I've found of serving others that bring similar senses of fulfillment and joy. And that's what we'll be exploring today on the show, Serving with Joy. Let's meet our spiritual director for today, serving as guide for our discussion, is Father Michael Hurley. Father Michael is a Dominican priest from Pacifica, California, currently serving as the pastor of St. Dominic Parish in the Archdiocese of San Francisco. Welcome back to the program, Father. Thanks for being with us. Delighted to be with you, Patrick. You just got me hungry for pizza. So I know. That is roused up and said, like, hey, that sounds good. <laughs> Cold pizza yeah, was right. morning here, so cold pizza in the morning, that, that sounds like a great breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> sounds sounds good to me, too, and I'm, I'm trying to see that, but that's just it. All the customers were so excited to receive their pizza, and so I felt like I was doing them this huge favor, and then they'd hand me money on top of it as a tip, so yeah. it was... <laughs> yeah, what's the best tip you ever got? What's the best tip you ever got? You know, it was, uh, it was a time when I was actually, I was really late um, because I had not correctly yeah. plotted out. We didn't have GPS back then, and I thought I knew where this hotel was, and I drove around and around and around. I finally got there. I handed the pizza to him, thinking that I was just going to get berated for being so yeah. late. It was these two guys. They were just sitting out in a in a, in a, in a rocking chair, rocking chairs. Yeah. They just got up and said, hey, thanks so much, and they handed me a 20. Oh, nice. no, that's <laughs> I great. couldn't believe it. Uh, that's fantastic. Yeah, absolutely. And I, and I know I'm, I'm dusting on my thesaurus because I, I think I heard you use the word 
plethora at the opening. So I'm, I'm, That's I'm coming too. I'm, I'm coming with some big vocabulary too. You've opened, you, you have fast, uh, take it off the seatbelt today, verbally speaking. All right. All right. That's what I like to hear. <laughs> Especially as we're, I think we're just exploring a three letter word today, father, that, uh, yes. that causes a lot of it, it. I think it does. It's, it's one of those things that seems so obvious and yet, yeah. when you start getting into the the details of it, and thank goodness we're talking to a Dominican today, right? Um, but when you <laughs> when you get into the details of it, it's it's not quite so easily. Uh, it doesn't nail down quite so easily. No, you're exactly right. Because I think when we think about joy, we think that it, of the concomitant, if you will. There's there's my thesaurus right for you. Uh, nice uh, um, emotional state of being. In other words, joy often comes with enthusiasm, optimism, a sense of general self of well-being in an emotional way. And that's absolutely true, but it need not be true. And we can kind of unpack that as we go along. But my point is, the, on, the, on the face of it, joy is often confused with the emotion it brings and not what it is in itself. And so this is, it's a nice thing we're talking especially about um, when we might say joy in the sense of Christian joy, that is the joy that deep down in our hearts that we have yeah. is, is nothing less than being in the presence of, or but another way, in possession of our Lord himself, God himself. Mm-hmm. And so joy generally, St. Thomas says, is the possession of the beloved. So anytime you're in connection with the beloved, when, the, when there is a union between the one who loves and the one who is loved or the thing that is loved, there's joy, right? Even no matter what your emotional state of being might be, being in possession of the beloved is that state of being in joy. And what happens then is it is the consequence of the effect of that union. So you could be emotionally on a higher optimistic or enthusiastic, or you could frankly be in a difficult kind of position. Hmm. But if you are in possession of whatever you love, that's the state of joy. And for Christians, that possess, the, the thing possessed, if you will, is nothing less than God himself. When we yep. are and have an encounter with the Lord, joy is ours. Uh, yeah, that makes total sense to me, especially when looked at through the lens of uh, John chapter 15, let's say. Uh, this is oh, yeah. Jesus, of course. He says, if you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you, and then here he says, that my joy may be in you, and that your yeah. joy may be full. So it it's like possession is going all around there. That helps to kind of f- fulfill that. But what what is there, what is the link between um, then possessing the beloved and keeping the commandments, Father? No, that's an excellent question, because joy is uh, one of the first fruits of the Holy Spirit, we say. It's one of those fruits. Well, the fruit is not something, the fruit is harvested later, right? A fruit is something that's the effect of something else. And so we can't directly choose joy. We can't directly choose happiness. You have to do other things. So there's got to be practical steps that you choose and the effect of which is joy. So the little uh, analogy I'd like to give here is that possession of God comes through in our moral life, those virtues which are rightly called theological virtues, faith, hope, and love, because those virtues bring alive God in us and the fruit of faith, the fruit of hope, the fruit of love, one of them is joy. So how do we, in a sense, choose joy? Well, we sow the seeds of faith in our life. We cultivate, if you will, the soil of hope 
and we harvest in love that joy, that possession of God in our lives. So it's really the theological virtues which unlock, if you will, the Spirit's presence and the fruit of joy in our lives, that possession. And so keeping wow. the commandments, so you mentioned the commandments. Yeah. You mentioned the commandments. So, so keeping the commandments involves believing what God is saying, trusting. So, okay, I, God has told me to do this, I'm going to do it, hoping that if I do it, I'm going to do it, and then actually doing it, which is the height of, of service or love. So keeping the commandments involves those, those virtues of faith, hope, and love, each in their own way. So he connects it to commandments, and he connects it there in, in John as well uh, with the, his joy of friendship. Because he, he continues, like goes, I send them my joy. I've told you all this so that my joy might be in your, your joy might be full. And then he goes on from that and says, I no longer call you slaves because the slave doesn't know what the master is doing. I have called you friends, right? And he's inviting them to friendship. And then says, no one has greater love than this than to lay down one's life for his friends. So he's talking about joy is the fruit of this um, action of faith, believing in God, knowing not God as master, but knowing God as father, as Jesus has revealed, hoping that, especially that last supper, hoping that that promise that I go to prepare a place for you is real. And then in love, being willing to lay down our lives for each other, for our friends, and most, most importantly, for God himself. And that in a sense, and the effect of that triggers joy in our lives. Oh, okay, very good. Great. We're off to a great start here with our spiritual director, Father Michael Hurley, and we're talking about serving with joy today on the program. When was the time when you have served the Lord and served others with joy that you really found that sense of fulfillment, the possession of the beloved that Father was just talking about? Give us a call. Join the conversation at 888-914-9149. Maybe you're having trouble finding joy in your life and you have questions about where what you might do to move deeper into joy. 888-914-9149. That's sponsored by the Catholic Order of Foresters, 888-914-9149. Or send us an email, innerlife at relevantradio.com. Well, Father, um, you mentioned that uh, oftentimes we think about joy in terms of the concomitant. See, I can throw that word back at you there. <laughs> um, yeah, exactly. Um, but uh, the, kind of the more emotional, expressive terms of joy, we tend to think of it in that way, but uh, there's something much deeper and abiding there, even in the times of, of struggle. So what were what would be some of the signs that we truly possess that, that true, deep, abiding joy of the possession of the beloved, as you've said? Yeah, I think it, this comes for an example, like you just go right to our Lord himself. So when he is suffering the most, you think in the agony in the garden, his passion is right. that he is certainly not, you know, emotionally in a happy place, right? To give yeah. us the, the common sense. And yet he has that deep abiding joy because he knows he is fulfilling his father's will for him. He knows that in a sense, he is in a sense uh, mirroring for us or giving us an example of how we ought to live in terms of giving our lives and service. And he knows that this is going to be the means of everyone who enters into death now being able to enter into his life. And so there is the joy because there's the possession in that moment of the will of his father. And so even though he's suffering greatly, he's living in that sense of, in his human nature anyway, uh, the hope that he has uh, and the love that he has through his father for all of us. And that puts us in possession. His greatest desire is us and union with us. You know, miraculous, mysteriously, beyond all 
explanation. He desires mm-hmm. us. And in that moment, he knows this is the action which is going to open that possibility and that grace for all of us. And so he's joyful in that way. It's, it's like the, the, as he, he relates it to a woman in labor, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you ask anyone, any woman who's in labor, hey, is this a joyful experience for you? And I don't <laughs> think that's, got, that's not the word that's going to spring to mind. <laughs> I've got a family member who recently had a child, and I, I asked her, how was, how, was, how, was, how, was, how was the labor? It's like, always oh, joyful. I'd be like, oh, that's a little odd. But <laughs> Jesus says, that is a joyful moment. Why? Because in that moment, new life is, it's a process of new life coming about, right? It's a process of those nine months of waiting now coming to fruition and new life coming. And so there is that sense of even in the moment of the process of coming into full fulfillment, joy can still be had. Oh, man. Yeah, it's a great analogy, and it works so well in so many ways of reminding us that uh, true, deep joy is is not always accompanied by um, what we might consider uh, otherwise happy times emotionally and fulfilling-wise. Yeah, absolutely. Well, let's turn our attention a little bit to to drawing in the whole service aspect of it, too, Father, because um, really the, the that's what we want to target the show at today is serving with joy. Now, of course, um, service can have almost even a negative impression or make a negative impression on the ears when we when we hear it in our modern society. You know, the the servant doesn't seem to be truly free. The servant is always at the uh, is always at the whim of uh, his master. There's always uh, there's not really that freedom to decide. Well, I want to go here and do this and and that sort of thing, and yet service is exactly what we are all called to. I mean, I'm thinking of Jesus's own words. He came not to be served, but to serve, right? And we also must wash one another's feet. Um, so how does service, how is it, I guess, how does service basically provide a baseline for our living the Christian life? Yeah, no, I think it's, I think it's great. And in, in terms of like looking at the actions of Jesus, always helpful here, because as you said, he, he defines his life in terms of being of service. Uh, and, I think there's an aspect that we just have to root it right in that sense of the of charity of love. In other words, uh, we are called to love and to be loved, and because that's what God is, that's who God is. So He's He's goodness itself, He's love itself, and so He's both free, and yet He chooses to love the world into existence mm-hmm. and to create a, a, a being in His own image and likeness, and when that being fails and falls, he then wills to recreate the world in the image, not in the image of the son, by sending his son. And so, in other words, God is always loving. God is always, to use that language, serving, giving of himself. And so, if we're made in his image and likeness, we can't not do that and be happy. Or let me say it positively. Our happiness lies in the fact that we were built, we were made to serve, right? Even though it has a connotation of not being free, the freedom is simply exercising what we've been given by God as human beings, so that in the exercise of that, we find our true uh, goal in life, our true happiness. And so we, it's kind of in our, built in our DNA is to be of service. And you know this because <laughs> if we look around, it's not a matter of if we'll serve, but what will serve? Yeah. <laughs> Who will yeah. serve? In other words, there's no choice on service. We're made to serve. So we can serve ourselves only. We can serve our our hungers, our desires. We can aim for uh, a sense of possession, a sense of 
um, kind of wealth, a sense of uh, prestige, a sense of just our well-being, or we can serve others, right? But the fact that we serve is just not an option. So we're made to do it. So the, the question is not so much, oh, I'd rather not serve. You're serving something. You're serving someone. Right, right. It's just a question of who you're going to serve. That's right. That's right. Yeah. That's a that's a Bob Dylan song, I think, right there. You're going to serve that. somebody. It may be the exactly. devil and it may be the Lord, but you're going to serve somebody. Exactly. I t- yeah. Tell you what, Father, this is a great conversation, but before we go to our first break here, let's get a call in. We've got Martin calling in from Madison, Wisconsin. Martin, welcome to The Inner Life. Thanks for calling in. Hi, thank you so much. Uh, thanks, Patrick and Father, for being on the show. So I have a question, Father, as you talk about possessing the beloved. Um, my question is, if one is gifted with spiritual intimacy with the Lord in prayer, does that preclude one from a vocation to marriage? Or would it be inappropriate to seek a human spouse if one is gifted with that degree of intimacy with the divine beloved? Yeah, no, Martin, that's an excellent uh, question, and that's going to take a personal discernment, right? Uh, he, the, the wonderful thing, the general principle with God and love and intimacy is God loves to share. <laughs> so, so in other words, uh, love and intimacy with God doesn't necessarily exclude loving others. In other words, this is why he has us be both participate in <laughs> and, in a sense, be sharers in his love. In other words, he loves us so we can love others. He can love everyone directly, but he wants our love to be the means by which he loves others. So if he's, if there's a certain intimacy that is fulfilling, it may be we're called to a, um, a vocation, which is like, say, to the religious life or to uh, celibate chastity or to some other kind of singular kind of vocation. But intimacy with God doesn't mean you ought not to get married. Because why? Because the Lord always, whenever he arrives in our heart, whenever he shows up, he always wants us to share. <laughs> and so there was a, there's no fundamental contradiction of having a deep interior spiritual life and intimacy and then sharing that with a spouse. I mean, in some sense, would that all marriages <laughs> would come from a rooted place of deep personal intimacy of the Lord that's shared between those spouses. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know if that is, is that helpful, Martin? It's very insightful. It's very insightful. I think, like you said, it, it needs to be often discerned in a very personal yes. way. But I, I appreciate your thoughts. Yeah, but in other words, we, we're always both and as Catholics. In other words, a particular love doesn't necessarily exclude. Love never excludes, but it mm. could further direct. So you, so you have to get, you, know, you have to discern. There's lots of ways to do that. We can obviously do this in this moment, but it just always it focuses, it narrows, but it doesn't exclude. It just focuses and clarifies. And Father, one of the things that Martin's call raises to my mind is that, uh, but there is a, that's one of the reasons why discernment for all of us, not just a state in life discernment, but a state of what, what is the Lord asking us to do? What is he commanding us to do that, uh, you know, that uh, is specific to us? That seems to me, if we choose to serve in those ways, then he has only deeper, ever deepening joy in store for us. Yeah. Absolutely. And it's, it's, I think well, one of the, the greatest losses in life is not to be seeking the Lord's will, right? Even uh, if it's not clear, it's to activate faith. In other words, we have ways, we have things that we regret, you know, or things, oh man, I should have done this. The deepest regret any of us are going to have at the end of the day is, you know what? My first desire wasn't seeking first the kingdom of God wow. for us, particularly in this moment, because the nice the thing is, everything else is added to us. And if we don't, everything is really lost. Wow. 
Oh, man. It's such a good conversation with our spiritual director, Father Michael Hurley, and we are talking about serving with joy. If you have some experiences of joy that you have found through serving the Lord and serving others, give us a call and tell us what those were like and how you how you cultivate joy in your own life. 888-914-9149 or questions like Martin's question about discerning the Lord's will and thus moving deeper into joy. 888-914-9149 or our email address is innerlife at relevantradio.com. We're going to take our first break, but we got lots more of the show yet to come. Stay with us. We'll be right back. You may be the heavyweight champion of the world. You may be a socialite with a long string of pearls, but you're going to have to serve somebody. Yes, indeed, you're going to have to serve somebody. Find out more and access a free guide on choosing a college at relevantradio.com slash Dallas. Back to the inner life here on Relevant Radio, relevantradio.com, and the Relevant Radio app. We're talking about serving with joy today. When did you find that you were filled with joy and something you were doing to serve the Lord and to serve others? Give us a call. Let us know what that is and how people might cultivate joy in their own lives. 888-914-9149 is our phone number if you'd like to get in on the conversation. Again, 888-914-9149, or our email address is innerlife at relevantradio.com with our spiritual director today, Father Michael Hurley. Well, Father Michael, let's uh, go back to the phones. We've got Bob, who's calling in from Texas. Bob, welcome to the Inner Life. Thanks for calling. Hey, thank you for taking my call, Patrick. Uh, yeah, I'm from Texas, but right now I'm traveling through Arizona. I'm a truck driver. Ah. But it hasn't always been this way. Uh, I... Early in my life, I wanted to be a priest, and I went through the discernment process, and the good director said, nah, you're not quite cut out for this. And I was kind of butthurt, to be honest. And I said, okay, God, where do you need me? And I have treated my jobs as missions, as a vocation, a calling. And that uh, I was a teacher for 23 years, uh, and as, as soon as Patrick, as soon as you opened your mouth, I knew I had to call in because one of the best jobs I ever had seven years ago was working for Domino's as a delivery guy. <laughs> <laughs> and a funny story is, uh, I, and I just like I just heard about uh, Saint John Bosco. I would always try to find some little thing to say that would brighten up someone's day. And, of course, like you said, they don't need much because they're hungry and they're happy to see you. And so I said to them, I said, well, even the good Lord said, man shall not live by bread alone. And I told them, I said, but if you, but if you add cheese and tomato sauce and a little bit of pepperoni, you got yourself a pizza. So uh, always brought a smile to their faces, even if they didn't give me a tip. It was a joy. It really was. And so uh, thank you so much for the topic. I've been listening recently for the past three months uh, to your show. And God has certainly blessed me through your topics. (laughs) Wonderful. Thank you, Bob. I'm going to steal that one about bread alone and pizza because I'm a... I love pizza myself, so that's a good. That's, that's good, a great one. isn't it? Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. <laughs> but again, Father, I might it, add that you, you know, I think of the the fact that there's there's uh, you know mentioning vocations, uh, you know, I think of the, the action. There's no act of service or no vocation so I don't know small 
that it, it can't, in a sense, radiate and bring God's love into the world in extraordinary ways. In other words, there's nothing too kind of mundane or routine or ordinary that God can't use to make extraordinary kinds of things. I, I often think of Bob, because you mentioned, you know, hoping or at least, uh, and God bless you for just kind of discerning that vocation of being disappointed that, you know, that you told you weren't had a, at least a distinct priestly vocation. But I think of St. Paul, because St. Paul, I think in our minds, we think of him as great adventure, this great founder of churches, this person who was out there on the missions, like preaching and teaching. The reality is, though, <laughs> that the greatest work that Paul ever does is when he's shackled in prison, in a, basically in a dungeon in Rome, and he writes all of basically the, a third of the New Testament. <laughs> in other words, the legacy yeah. of St. Paul in his vocation was not what I think he deep down hoped it would be, a life of on the road, on, on the missions. He made basically two and a half or, th- or three trips and then got arrested, and that was it. The, the bulk of his vocation was living in prison and writing to the churches, which have become the heartbeat of the foundation of Scripture. And this is where we hear things like, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. Or again, whatever, whatever situation you find yourself, give thanks, right? Knowing yeah. that you're in possession of, the, of, of, of our Lord, right? So I, I think of whenever we are, our vocational life, either in big ways or small ways, takes a little bit of a U-turn or takes a different path, we can learn from St. Paul that the Lord, there's nothing too small or more unexpected or we get frustrated, the Lord still can use that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it's a, it's an excellent reminder, and it just plays itself all the more into how you define joy in the first place, Father, of the possession of the beloved. Um, well, how St. Thomas defines joy. <laughs> but, um, yeah. but uh, you know, with that, that yes, you can understand that it's not situationally based. It yeah. is uh, much beyond that. It is, uh, yep. it is relationally based, I suppose you could say. Yeah, that's exactly um, right. Yeah, no, right. good way to put it. Yeah. Okay. Very good. Let's go now to oh, well, Bob. Thank you for the call. I appreciate that. Thanks for becoming a listener as well. Love it that you're listening to us as you're doing the good work and hauling things. Uh, maybe pizzas yet <laughs> over <laughs> over Arizona. Thank you for calling in, Bob. Appreciate it. Let's go now to Steve calling in from Northfield, Illinois. Steve, welcome to the Inner Life. Hi. Nice listening to your show and. I worked as a pizza maker for a while, too, so there's my connection. All <laughs> right. <laughs> we got a theme going. I, I, spent, I spent 30 years as a licensed cycling coach for USA Cycling. Um, I started out by coaching kids because they're developing there. I wanted to be the next Eddie Merckx or Greg LeMond, and no one wanted to teach them because kids don't have any money. That led me to coaching for the U.S. Paralympic team, and the U.S. national team, but the best part came when I got to work with the U.S. Navy's cycling team, Wounded Warriors, for 10 years and take Mm. them to Warrior Games and go to the Invictus Games and watching, like, there was a guy named Steve who, when he started this program, he rode for about a block, crashed, and we thought, this guy's never going to do anything. Within two years, he was helping me teach other people how to attack inside a pack of riders in the rain to try and win a race Wow! and watching people have their whole lives changed. Like people with traumatic brain injuries or, you know, losing a limb and stuff like that and just regaining their confidence and stuff. And the best part came when we went with the United States military to the Invictus games, which is put on by Prince Harry. 
And the last time I went, there were 14 countries there that were competing. Some of them had been enemies with each other at one point, and they were all competing happily together. And the best part was, I think every athlete there got to pose with Prince Harry for a picture because of his experience being in the military. And he kind of has a little PTSD from hauling injured people out of a battle zone when he was flying a helicopter. So watching all of that and helping, that's probably been the most rewarding thing I can think of. Praise the Lord. Yeah, no, it's, 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 Steven, thank you for sharing that. It's a fantastic story, especially, you know, when, when, you know, someone who's starting out doesn't really, you know, you think, oh boy, this guy's not going to last. And, and yet is able to get confidence and kind of come out of themselves and, and uh, really find success. That's, that's, that's what we're built for as human beings. We're, we're made for that sense of giving of ourselves and empowering and encouraging others. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's right that in was, there that, that was the best for me. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, it, and that's exactly, Steve, thank you for, for that, for that great testimonial of, yeah, just when putting yourself out there like that, serving others in that way and the amount of joy that it brings you as as people are just actively receiving um, the the gift of yourself. I mean, that's what it seems like is going on there. And so I can see why that, that would foster joy. But here again, Father, I see what's going on here is that there's, there is I'm sure for Steve and for for Bob and for all the people who have called in and written in that sort of thing that um, for all these ways, it's not like there was no sacrifice involved. It's not like there was no effort involved. It's not like there was, you know, there's just, a, I, I guess, making the really strong point between, um, you know, kind of just a comfortability about it, about it. And then, but really the abiding joy that comes actually from sacrifice. So what's the tie-in with sacrifice when it comes to these things, Father? Yeah, no, it's a a great question because uh, there is an emotional state. If you think about just being comfortable and being kind of like, I'm just kind of cozy, comfortable in my zone. And then you think of like, get outside of yourself, that put that transitioner with that, that kind of upshifter, you know, or whatever analogy you want to use, that is always so difficult. And it, it demands, as you say, a kind of sacrifice, a kind of mm, not focusing on how you're feeling in that moment or what it's going to demand of you, but focusing on the, the goal at hand. In other words, St. Paul says, I, I strive. And when he's talking about, he's talking about all the sufferings that he, he kind of went on in his life. But what do I have forefront of my mind is the hope we have in our Lord Jesus, right? And so I think there's a way in which uh, this the service is activated by the confidence we have in the uh, promise of our Lord Jesus. Ultimately, and the ultimate expression of this is that he's prepared a place for us in the face of death, right? <laughs> in the face of the ultimate loss, which we'll all have to experience, the letting go of this life, you know, no matter what circumstance that that has, it's knowing that there's more. We have a future. And knowing we have a future can help us to shake us out of the comfort zone, if you will, into the sacrifice zone, into sure. the into that zone, that place of giving of ourselves, which when we get there, it's like, oh, why, why, why didn't I do this earlier? It's kind of like, you know, I, I almost uh, imagine it as, um, 
you know, so sometimes uh, folks have like recently someone who had uh, a bulky hip. So they and they have been putting off surgery, putting it off, putting it off. Finally, they got their hip surgery and they're like, why did I do this? You know, 10 right. years ago when I first <laughs> did it, like because it was going to take pain rehab. There's certainly it's not necessarily guaranteed to be successful, that kind of thing. And they're like, well, you know, this pain is just good enough. I can kind of manage it. I can do it. And yet now they're out and they're coming to the, you know, the Valentine's Day dance this weekend, right? There so you go. Like, why, didn't I, why didn't I do this 10 years? Ago? So it's the same thing with this sacrifice is if we allow ourselves to get comfortable and kind of in the zone, we can manage, we can get it, we can on. But if we put that hope that's, that God has for us, which is more than just this life, it can kind of prompt us and nudge us out of that comfort zone into what you might say the sacrifice zone of giving of ourselves in a way that we're like, I don't know if I can give myself in this way. Go for it, is what I would say. Yeah, yeah, right, right. Lean into the Lord there and just take a step of faith, right, and go for it. Yeah, yeah. Okay. wonderful. Uh, let's go now to Brian calling in from Boston. Good afternoon, Brian. Thanks for calling in. Well, good afternoon. Yeah, I just wanted to say if there's anybody else out there who was finding retirement a bit too comfortable and boring, um, that volunteering at the local Veterans Administration has really been rewarding this last year. Uh, A neighbor recruited me, and she and my spouse works, her spouse works. We were talking about this, and she was volunteering at the VA, and I said, why do you do it? And she said, I'm a strong Catholic, and I believe God wants us to do something like this. Well, I'm a strong, I'm not a Catholic, I'm Christian from Evangelical Church. We went over there, we worked so well together, and I'll tell you, if you're having a bad day and your hip hurts or something, you're pushing a wheelchair, I mean, I'm 78, you're pushing a wheelchair and somebody, hey, you're still walking. <laughs> but yeah. it's, a, it's a great place. You You will meet people who have good attitudes. You go to help them and you come away very encouraged. It, it's so you're, you're you're so right right in terms of you how to put it no 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 one has ever become poor from giving right and that that goes not only for kinds of things but just ourselves where we're not diminished when we give of ourselves and it's you're so right that we find ourselves when we give ourselves mm-hmm. yeah it's uh it's something that we see uh, time and time again brian thanks for the call and thanks for the encouragement exactly i mean and like father was just saying put yourself out there give up yourself in service to others and be be surprised about how the lord shows up and uh fills us with joy so brian thank you so much for the call father we have have an email come in bob from chicago writes I've been mentally ill for 40 years and have suffered extraordinarily during much of that time. As a devout Catholic, I have found it difficult, impossible really, to have joy. But I feel guilty because as a follower of Christ, I feel I should be joyful. Any advice or comment? Yeah, so there, I, I might just, it would be certainly, you'd, you'd want to kind of ask questions to kind of get at it. But just on its face, I would wonder if, um, the joy that he's talking about is uh, more in the kind of psychological, emotional kind of category rather than the um, I would want to describe what what are those moments when you've felt a sense of. And this is you can sometimes um, uh, discern joy within some of the other fruits of the Holy Spirit, like a sense of peace, patience, kindness, mildness. So in other words, St. Paul lays out for us a whole kind of cluster of, of the fruits of the Holy Spirit. And when we're having a difficult time identifying one of them in particular, they usually don't just come like a kind of solo. They kind of come in a fruit salad, if you will. Yeah. <laughs> salad, right? And so maybe identifying one of the other ones can help you to uh, kind of really see and appreciate that mm. 
how to put it, even it, even though you might not be having the emotional experience of what we normally associate with joy, still that 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 deep abiding sense of presence is there. The, the ones that, that often come together, I've noticed in my life, there are peace and joy. Peace and joy seem to be kind of two sides of the same coin. There's the possession of the beloved, and then there's just that equanimity, <laughs> that, that, that sense of, of, of balance and, and harmony, even in, during very difficult times where you just know that <laughs> the ship is not going to sink. <laughs> You're on the stormy yeah. waters, but all of it's on the surface and underneath the water, there is no storm. <laughs> and that's yeah. where we're rooted. That's where we're anchored in. The and so what I would say is if you have a difficult time experiencing joy, don't, uh, don't try to seek it or, or push into it. Step back from it <laughs> in a sense mm-hmm. and consider and reflect on, okay, well, what's going on in my life? Where, where do I find that, that sense of, of peace, of a sense of um, resting in the Lord? How can I discern uh, the presence of the Lord? And here is um, perhaps uh, moments of gratitude in a sense of how do, I, how, how do I give thanks in my life? There's no situation in life where we can't give thanks. And I know this because in the book of Job, <laughs> Job, when he's suffering in great, you know, great travail and difficulty, says, the Lord gives, the Lord take, take the away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. He always right. had a word of gratitude. And so there's no place that we can't be grateful. And in naming that gratitude, we're like, well, if the Lord's blessing me now, it means that he must be here in some way, <laughs> right? And that's the joy, knowing that God is present, that we're not alone. The deepest kind of, if you will, I don't say rock bottom, but foundational aspect of joy, possession of the beloved, the fact the Lord is with us. Yeah. I What I really like about that, Father, is just I'm glad you turned our attention to gratitude there for a moment, that uh, where do we find ourselves really grateful? Because uh, if we're grateful, of course, we have to be grateful to somebody. And uh, if, we're, if we're grateful, then it is uh, recognizing, even if uh, kind of tangentially speaking or indirectly speaking, we are at least uh, recognizing that someone is there, uh, someone who has given us something for we and for that, it's a really a, it's a good tip of uh, looking for joy in some of these things. Well, our spiritual director today, again, is Father Michael Hurley. We're talking about serving with joy. How do you serve with joy? How do you see joy coming from the service that you offer to the Lord and to others? Give us a call. Join the conversation, 888-914-9149. Again, 888-914-9149. Or send us an email, innerlifeatrelevantradio.com. We're going to take our next break, but we'll come back with more of your phone calls and more conversation with Father Michael Hurley right after this. Stay with us. Thanks to our sponsor, the University of Dallas, the Catholic University for Independent Thinkers. UD's rigorous liberal arts education forms the mind and nourishes the soul to produce graduates who renew our culture. Find out more and access a free guide on choosing a college at relevantradio.com slash udallas. I choose joy. 
We're talking about serving with joy here on The Inner Life. My name is Patrick Conley. My thanks to Thomas Angus, who is producing our show for us today, and Miranda Sinisteros for taking your phone calls. Our spiritual director today is Father Michael Hurley. Hey, make your Lenten journey with your parish this year with Father Rocky's Lenten Lessons on the Mass, sponsored in part by the National Center for Padre Pio. These free daily videos are bite-sized explorations of prayers and postures that will transform your perspective on the Mass and re-energize your parish community. Pray, fast, and serve these 40 days with 40 lessons and with Father's weekly Eucharistic encounters as well. Sign up and share with your family at relevantradio.com slash Lent. That's relevantradio.com slash Lent. Well, as I said, we're talking about serving with joy today on the program. If you have ways that you have served with joy, really found places where you experience the joy of the Lord in some service that you offer to Him and to others, give us a call at 888-914-9149. Let's take a phone call now. Jose has been waiting patiently in Artesia, New Mexico. Good morning, Jose. Thanks for calling in. Uh, good morning. Good morning. Uh, I wanted to share with you, um, back in 1963, a year after I started teaching uh, uh, elementary education, I started night classes. I saw a need for people who, who had dropped out of school. And so I started a program uh, without the permission or uh, of the administration. I started on my own uh, to help people get their GED. And at the time, I had uh, the going the going salary was five dollars an hour, and I had ten, I started with ten students, and uh, each one paid a dollar uh, for two hours, and uh, uh, and I kept that program going as as director, coordinator, and instructor, and eventually started another class uh, of computers and uh, 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 English as a second language. But what I loved most, but these people. They had a purpose. They all wanted to learn. And I saw when I kept it going to the year 2000, 37 years, and uh, they, uh, these people went on to get degrees and uh, jobs and everything. That was a joy to have that job. Absolutely, Jose. That, that, thank you for that, that testimony. It's, it, isn't it interesting that, and you mentioned you're not obviously getting <laughs> got rich off of that whole experience, but if you know, I could offer you some kind of sum of money. I, I it does not like you would take that, you know, in, in reference to or in contrast to the joy, that sense of how you touch lives and, and shaped um, people's path in life and gave them sense of purpose and meaning. Yes, yes, I, I really enjoyed doing that. Uh, it was besides my regular job. I taught yeah. elementary education for thirty-one years. Yeah, and I kept, uh, and uh, I am 91 years old now, and oh, God uh, bless retired. You. So, and and I still, you know, I still hear from these people who whom I helped. No doubt. Well, there, there you go. There's, there's the secret of longevity right there. Is service. Yeah, <laughs> service from the Lord. <laughs> Amazing, Jose. What a great story of serving with joy. I love to hear it, and that's what we're talking about today on the program. Jose, thank you so much for the call. Thank you even more for your lifetime dedicated to teaching others and helping them in uh, yeah, navigating this path of life. So thank you so much, Jose, for that. Father, I wanted to return to um, Bob's email from before the break here that kind of set up this whole discussion about when, when we're facing hardships, you know, I, all of us obviously face hardships, and this is a question that perennially comes up, that if we're, if we're finding ourselves in the midst of suffering, 
maybe it's uh, maybe it's an illness, maybe it's unemployment, maybe it's uh, something the even the ailing of a loved one or something like that. What exactly um, are we looking for when we're looking for joy in those types of situations? Yeah, I think it goes back to what I, I think we, we we've done a previous show on grief and yeah. loss. Yeah, and I think there's a sense in which, and I think I I often say <laughs> that grief is like the spiritual immune system at work. Mm-hmm. Um, and yep. so I think the first thing to do is not to. I, I mentioned being grateful, and I think that's part of the equation, absolutely. But I don't think we should try to like, <laughs> you know, we're suffering and we're we're having a difficult time. The first thing we don't do is like, oh, wonderful, isn't this great? Like that's just fake, you know. <laughs> that's that's kind of like I, yeah. I've seen that. I, I I've seen that kind of like you're Christian, you shouldn't express any kinds of negative emotions, right? We should always be kind of optimistic and uplifted. And, they, and that's not, not necessary. I mean, Jesus himself, he, in moments of hardship, he cries, he weeps, he expresses frustration and anger at death. Right? So, so there's a way in which when we're suffering, the first thing we do is kind of acknowledge <laughs> the loss, the struggle, whatever it is we're going through. And then there's the real key there. And that's like, are we going to kind of wallow in it <laughs> or paralyze us, or in some way uh, shackle us from being who God wants me? Or are we going to the, turn our face up to the Lord and say, Lord, both I need your help, and I'm grateful for the ways that I know that you're with me. And wow. that's, that's where joy comes in. The recognition that we're not alone, that we're not abandoned, that if we were under any illusion that we were in control of the happiness of our life at the first place, perhaps this little uh, occasion of suffering is helping us to burst that bubble of illusion and recognizing God's presence by both asking for what we need and giving thanks for what we can discern is his abiding presence. Yeah, it's an excellent point and uh, something that uh, turn our, turn our eyes upwards and say, yeah, all right, Lord, I believe that you're with me in, in yes. the midst of this. Yeah, yeah, I love it. What about the uh, maybe the evangelistic nature of joy, Father? Um, specifically, again, not not necessarily that we're always kind of the light side, the light emotional side of joy, but uh, but that we have this deep abiding confidence, abiding confidence in the Lord. You were talking before about the link between peace and joy. That uh, that certainly must project something to others of something about the the joy of the gospel, right? Absolutely. I think there's that there's the old <laughs> Christian song, they'll know we are Christians by our love, right? Yep, How we act. Yep. And, and I think <laughs> yep. you can you can transpose that into they'll know we're Christians by our joy, right? If you see someone who no matter come thick or thin, you know, if it's if it's a sh- you know, sunny day or rainy day, just has that sense of knowing that they the one who loves them is in their mind and heart and they're living in that way. It's like I want that too, right? Yeah. There's just something naturally attractive and winsome about the presence of the Lord in our midst. And we, it's almost like we can't um, choose not to be attracted by that. I think this is a little bit different, but I think in the scriptures of, and this comes to in sense of faith and truth, you know, John the Baptist is saying all sorts of things about Herod, which upset, you know, everyone around him, except for Herod, because he's like, that resonates. <laughs> yeah, like yeah. he knows it's true, and he can He liked it. It's, it's one of the little parentheticals that always makes me grin because he's like, Herod liked to listen to him, even though he's like <laughs> talking. He's talking trash about him and, and saying he's on the wrong path and everything. He just like there was something compelling about that, and I think there's something about joy in our life when when we are joyful, when the, when we when we can name, give thanks, and through faith, hope, and love 
experience the possession of the Lord in our lives and therefore have joy, that's just natural. We don't even have to say anything more, right? <laughs> it's, it's, uh, people are going to be attracted. What's the secret? What, what, how, does, how does this happen? You know, can you describe for me your experience? And likewise, when we're ready to share the experience, you know, like we, today we've had just wonderful calls of witnessing yeah. to yep. that. I can't think I myself I've been edified by hearing, you know, folks who, you know, have, have lived a long life and have side jobs would have blessed people beyond, you know, they're, they probably don't even know how many people they bless. They're aware of it. And I, I think, wow, that's what the Lord can do, right? Hearing stories of how God has blessed others through activity like that, I think naturally makes us to say, what more can I do? How can I open my eyes to see the need around me? How can I respond with the presence of the Lord in my heart and mind for this situation to bring Christ alive in others? Wow. Okay. I love it, Father. Let's, uh, in our last couple of minutes here, let's squeeze in one more phone call. Jeannie's calling in from Florida. Good afternoon, Jeannie. Thanks for calling The Inner Life. Hello. Um, I just wanted to tell you that for about 10 years, I worked at a, uh, I did volunteer work at a prison up in North Carolina, and I would visit the uh, prisoners on the oncology and surgery boards at the hospital, and I would tell them a story and say a prayer with them. It was, I loved my prisoners, got to know them so well, because some of them I saw for all 10 years, you know, they just never left the hospital. Uh, now we moved, we retired down in Florida. And I work for the local hospital uh, for the chaplain here, and I do the same thing. I go and I visit the patients, and I tell them a, an inspirational story and say a prayer with them. And it brings me joy all week long. Praise the Lord. I love that. And, and I, what I notice about that, Jeannie, is when you're talking about acts of service, those are two of, you mentioned prison and, and hospitals, the sick, those are two of the corporal works of mercy <laughs> that yeah. that the lord encourages us to so there's no it's not surprising that how much the lord can work through you for others and how you can receive that sense of god's presence and and his his deep abiding love that mercy in your life so that's a fantastic story it is it is and we uh, just happened to be uh having that was our topic for the show yesterday the corporal works of mercy and okay. uh yeah there's a really really good tie in there i've been thinking about that throughout the show today that uh yeah all these ways that we give of ourselves that we are christ's presence to others especially those who realize their need right we all have need of christ of course but sometimes those who are in positions, uh, worldly positions that uh, just thrust that to the fore of their minds and to their experiences, right? They see that. They see that they are in need. If we can be Christ to them, man, how can you not have that joy, uh, that joy of the abiding pre- possession of the beloved there in your heart? Jeannie, thank you so much for the call. Thank you for the wonderful work that you do for the hospital there as well. Father, this has been, again, another very enlightening and fascinating conversation for me as we're talking about joy through service. And uh, I know at least I am challenged now to think about, okay, well, how might I step out in different ways, maybe enjoy, or excuse me, in service and seek the joy of the Lord at an even deeper level in my own life. But I am grateful for you and the time that you've given us to share about serving others with joy. We've reached a point in the show, though, where we'd love a blessing from you, if we may. Absolutely. So may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord turn his countenance towards you and give you peace and joy. May the blessing of Almighty God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit descend upon you and remain with you forever. 
Amen. Amen. That's Father Michael Hurley. Yeah, he has been our spiritual director today. If uh, you need to encourage somebody else, and we should send this show to them so they can listen about all these wonderful ways that people have expressed when they cultivate joy in their life by through service of others. Just head on over to relevantradio.com slash inner life, and that's where you can listen to all of our past shows and share them. Tomorrow on the program, Consolations in Prayer with our spiritual director, Father James Kubicki. I realize he's joining us in studio, I believe, for that, so that'll be fun to look forward to. Coming up next again is the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass. Stay tuned for that. Our celebrant is Father Rich Getchell. Until next time, friends, grace and peace.